2: We have America's largest 5G network. So, whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobilecom network today.
3: Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
4: Do you ever think of going back to school on trying to learn a different skill? Like,
0: you know what? Sometimes I actually do think. I mean, I don't know. I I can't imagine ever doing it, but I do think about becoming a therapist, right? Especially, I mean, it's it's been my secondary activity.
4: Yeah,
5: you know, yeah, yeah, like
0: yeah. like just mental health and and getting better and the notion of some kind of progress emotionally and psychologically. You know, it is, it's it's of interest to me. I mean, it's what this fucking podcast. Right,
4: right, right. This is, right, right, yeah, like, yeah.
0: The re- this whole three questions thing is bullshit. Oh. I just wanted to trick people into having a therapy session. I love being
4: tricked. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, welcome to it. <laughs> Ooh,
0: welcome to it. The review. <laughs> That's a breakthrough right there. That was the amazing uh, and singular uh, Maria Bamford when she was a guest on this podcast, The Three Questions. And you, lucky, lucky you, are listening to the 100th episode. Yay! Who would have thought that I would have this much blab in me? Well, I do. I'm actually really... Pleased and proud of this podcast and what we've done, and the people that we've gotten to be on here, and so we're just going to kind of take a stroll down memory lane with this episode and visit some of my favorite interviews and my favorite moments, and you know, and some of the people at work on the show's favorite moments, and uh, just enjoy. Uh, this is this is sort of a, a little sampler of some of our best. Okay, well, the, the the second clip, technically, because you already heard the first clip, is also uh, with Maria Bamford, who is just uh, just an amazing performer, deeply, deeply hilarious, and also very brave. I think you know she's she's not afraid to put herself out there, warts and all, and really wear her heart on her sleeve. And as as most of you know, of course, all of you know, you have it probably tattooed on you somewhere. Uh, The three questions uh, in this podcast are uh, where do you come from? Where are you going? And what have you learned? And she answered the second one where she was going um, different than most people do, because usually people take it as a cue to like, where are they going professionally or with their careers? And she answered it um, and said that where she's going is being decided by love. Is there something that you really like that you're, itching to do that you haven't done? Do you have some sort of like, are you the kind of person that has a plan that you're like, I need to, I mean, you had a show, yeah, you know, yes, that yes. it was so fucking yeah, funny happy. and unique. Love that you. show. So and, um, and I mean, do you, is there, do, do, do you want to do another thing like that or is there just? I'd like to do something
4: if I was more of like a, an ongoing guest star and if there was some improvised part of it i yeah, love yeah. to do that and in a character yeah. oh my god yeah, can yeah. I please just be uh, a do character you get, do you get a
0: lot of chances to audition for you know um, character roles
4: I, I actually I don't audition anymore because I can't I can't bear it yeah, um, yeah I did it for 10 years yeah I got one audition I booked one thing and the one thing I booked was because I was in a bad mood and they thought that was hilarious wow and then I was like if that's the whole way I'm gonna, you know, is through these weird magical circumstances of me being an asshole for two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, so I, I I don't audition. So I, I, this is all, um, yeah. It's just vision board stuff at this point.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: my my husband, my favorite new things that he does, and uh, um, is that he reads directly off my vision board stuff that I, you know, like, babe, um, you know, th- these may seem like the little things, but in time, we'll look back and realize they were the big things. Where did you get that? He's just reading straight off the board. You just <laughs> is
0: get, he is he trolling you when he does no, that? No, or, no, or no, no. He's, like, he's
4: trying to say the right thing.
0: Oh, I see. Uh, he's
4: you trying. know, I know you're worried. Oh, about, yeah, it's
0: just, know,
4: darling. Bless but, <clears> his heart. I know you're worried about the show, but you just get so good that they can't ignore you anymore. Where'd you read that? Then he just shouts out, you know, images.
0: A uh, table of
4: multicultural people eating spaghetti.
0: House by a lake. House by a lake. House
4: by a lake.
0: <laughs> Rickshaw. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, you know I may never get to India, but what is the feeling I want to have in a rickshaw? It's the feeling. Feeling of being cared for mm. by someone who's struggling and in pain. Yeah,
0: that's right.
4: Uh, yeah, just someone that
0: someone that is taking me somewhere and it's uncomfortable for them. <laughs>
4: can I get a piggyback ride?
0: <laughs> um
4: uh yeah no. so uh i, I it, it, but uh, yeah we we're both not very good at uh relationships, so we went all in you know we went to a we went to a therapist three months in uh uh-huh. to, to to try to learn how to uh handle conflict mm-hmm. uh I'm not very good at at um yeah, I just wasn't very good at it yeah, uh, yeah. and uh especially intimate conflict where things can get really emotional uh like, he, he grew up in a situation where he has a bit—well, uh, well, I don't know. I, I will not even say anything about Charlotte. He gets irritated that I leave the keys to the front door in the front door. We live in Los Angeles. There's a man who live on, lives on our front lawn. Fair enough. All right. But I can't seem to remember to get the keys out of the front door. I, there's a sign— there's now a sign, a laminated sign The says, Maria, please remember the keys. Uh, wow.
0: That would that would make me fucking crazy.
4: <laughs> no, I know. I know. It would
0: make me I, crazy.
4: Oh, I know, I know. I'm so sorry even to bring it up. That's all right. Okay. I didn't mean trigger I mean, to I'm not married anything. to you, so, yeah, you not, know, whatever. <laughs> trigger, trigger. <laughs> um, yeah, so he f- felt bananas with that. So it's like, uh, and then some things that he's done, like feeling I felt – really uh, triggered about as well. So, like, how do we um, help each other work as a team? Like, okay, Maria, um yeah, but he, we did make the laminated signs. I'm, I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. I am getting better. I've, I always thought, hey, why don't we just ask the guy who lives on our front lawn to remind me. Am I right? <laughs> He's probably just gotten out of prison. It's hard to get a job. Sure. Uh, with your felon. And um, <laughs> how many felons are here tonight? Okay. Um, so it's that kind of stuff that brings up intense emotion. Mm-hmm. And my first thing is just to, uh, or has always been in relationships, to just cut and run, just go. Oh, you're pissed at me. Uh, doesn't seem like this is going to work out. Right, right. It's been, it's been a good run. Fuck we, me, we, no, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I think it is. Uh, I want, I, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, uh,
0: Not many we, people do. Yeah,
4: I don't. It doesn't seem like it, and I think uh, we just. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping for the best, and. Uh, yeah, We have a good uh, couple therapist, and, and it, is, it is nice to find. Um, I've just never had friends who have been married either. So, to have had to find friends who you can, who, who, who know what it's like to be married, because mm-hmm. I, I don't think I know what it's like. So, and all I have are my parents who have been married for 50 years. Yeah. My mom's just like, well, I just, you know, I mean, I just love your father. And then what I do is I take care of him.
0: What, um, my boy? Aunt. That sounds rewarding. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> sounds, well, <laughs> sounds like you have a pet.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I take care of him. I don't know, and I, I have tried to learn to be more caring. Uh, like he got he got very sick when we were first dating, and so he he remembers this. I brought over just a can of soup. I just brought over a can of soup, and I put it on his bedside table, and he was like, "What?" <laughs> It's like it's a full can.
0: Yeah. Enjoy yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. You can snuggle it.
4: <laughs> Microwave's over there. <laughs> You'll feel better if you get up and let me, your just, let me just
0: get you a bic lighter. You can hold it under there.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm not super maternal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, whoops. Sorry. Well, I mean, it seems to be you know working. <laughs> yes, no, it, it it is. We have a good time, and yeah. he's um he's a painter, and I I do love his paintings, and he uh is uh he's but he started doing stand up a few years ago. Oh my goodness! Because he had a fear of public speaking, and I was like, oh my god, do stand up? Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. And he's good. He's very good. He's very funny, and oh, that's great. ridiculous. So we've been having a good time. Like he it has helped me remember. Uh, how fun it! How fun it is yeah, yeah. to go to open mics and stuff and have a good, have a good time. So,
0: you know what I I love about what just happened is that you know the second question thing about you know like where are you going? Usually people and I mean and I kind of think I end up talking about it because you know this is supposed to sort of be about a, a you know kind of a more sort of personal conversation, but a lot of times it's about work things. And you're one of the first people that just talked about a relation like where are you going like what's your aspirations and where's your future you're one of the i don't know that anybody else has just said like well here's what's going on with my marriage
4: yeah yeah so you know so that's really
0: a lovely thing you know
4: yeah well and he he's really helped me create more meaning i think in my work because it has been so lonely kind of by myself and um so uh yeah, he was a part of the show. He did parts of the um, the sitcom that I did um, on Netflix, Lady Dynamite. And he did um, – we made a comic book together. Oh, oh I should have great. brought it. Uh, um, it's the story of our love as told by our two dogs. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is that shared meaning yeah. that I really – I've never had. I've never just never had that. Uh, and so that's pretty – it is, does seem exciting,
0: yeah
2: there's a great
0: I would say that I'm friendly with everyone that is in this hundredth episode and and are in these clips., uh, but I'm not as friendly with any of them as I am with the next the next clip e, uh, which is will Arnett, who is. Uh, one of my best friends and just a hilarious mensch of a guy. And he's handsome. He's, uh, he, you know, he, he, from a privileged background, but he's about as real as it gets. And here he's talking about maybe some of the reasons for that.
1: Did you go to college at all or did you just I went, head off to New York? I went briefly. Uh, I went for uh, one semester uh, to Concordia university, Montreal. Yeah. And, and then, um, I remember not cold, cold enough in, not cold enough in Toronto for you. You know, I had to get to Montreal where it's real cold. Oh my God. It's ridiculous uh, there. It's, and then I went back the next time I went back to Montreal was when we were shooting blades of glory and, and I was wearing a leotard and, uh, <laughs> chasing will, you know, Farrell outside and, and freezing. Um, but, Anyway, I remember calling my dad and saying like, I went to college and I remember thinking at the time I was with a lot of people I'd grown up with and, uh, uh, summer at Concordia and a lot of them were at, at McGill where both my sisters went. And I remember kind of looking around and having this moment and everybody's just doing what they're doing in college. And they're having a good time. They're studying, but they're having a really good time. And Montreal is a great party city. It's a great and, town. It's unreal. And Yeah. And I was having a lot of fun, too much fun. I really wasn't doing much school. And I kind of looked around and I thought I did have this moment where I went, I'm I'm just going through the motions. I'm wasting my time here. This is a waste of time. And Mm. maybe these people are not wasting their time, not for me to say, but I can't do this. This is going to, where am I going to go if I just keep doing this? I don't see any, and I called my dad and I basically said that. And um my dad's been awesome throughout my life and a lot of times i didn't even realize until later and i look back of how many how great my dad has been and he i think that he could have had gone one of two ways he could have thought wow you're such a fuck up and stick with it and know you got to stay in college and do 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 and he really heard me and he went okay yeah and he said, "Come on home and uh, get a job. And if you want to go to..." Um, and he goes, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I think I want to go to New York. I really think I want to do this acting thing." And he said, "Well, then you better come home and make the money so that you can go." Yeah. Um He was. He was like, "I'm not. I'll pay for you to go to college. I'm not going to pay for you to go do that." Um, Ray. Yeah. Uh, I'll help. That's you. really oh.
0: a credit to your dad too, because he's he's not like uh, you, you know uh, a mosaic artist. He's a business guy. Yeah, Like he's a lawyer, right? A lawyer and a business guy. And, you know, and I, you know, a lot of I don't know, maybe it's just my mind of business guy type dads would be like, no, you need to get into business. Cause I mean, even my mom is as supportive as she was, you know, she was in sales and she's like, you should just, when I was struggling, you know, like when I was making no money and trying to do this for a living and not podcasting, who the fuck knew there was such a thing. (laughs) What
1: um, uh, day you will podcast, Andy?
0: <laughs> I don't know what it is, Mom, but I want a podcast. It sounds dirty. It probably is. Um, but uh, she was uh, like, you should just get into sales. She'd be so good at sales, which is basically like saying, like, you should just like pour cancer into your soul. Like, that was what it sounded like to me. Like, get into sales. Like, oh, you mean die? Are you saying I should just die?
1: Get fitted, fitted for what? Fitted for the Smith and Wesson you're gonna put in your mouth. <laughs> you but know? anyway,
0: so kudos to your dad. That's really yeah. I love it when parents are like, yeah, whatever, do it. You know, Does that yeah. I mean, and, it, and
1: by the way, and 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 by extension, of course, my mom too. Um, they they were very supportive in that way. I mean, it wasn't obviously there was friction in those times, and when you they were worried about their kid and what's he is he is you know. This is potentially the road to ruin. This, yeah. for this for this we might day.
0: be we might be facilitating a major
1: fuck up. Yeah, a major yeah. major fuck up. And, um, but yeah, he he really he really heard me. And you know, I, I I I look back. My dad, as you said, my dad is a fairly he's not conservative, but he he was a corporate lawyer for many many years, and then he went into business for one of his clients and he ran that business and he just did a lot of sort of those and he lived he lived and operated in a very serious world that had very um very set boundaries and and you know you do that you do x and y and and you'll get to z and i think that um there were times though where he really uh was able to think outside that and and understand um and it wasn't until years later, it was actually a couple of years ago where I actually was able to kind of say to both my parents, I really appreciate that. I know that my life is unorthodox to you and I really appreciate that you've been able to roll with me on it. Yeah. It's meant, it's meant a lot to me and that I'm very happy that I was able to actually say that to them while they're still alive. Yeah. Um, Cause I do plan on murdering them. <laughs> I well, want to announce on the podcast I'm excited only, to say. There could only
0: be one. There could only be
1: one. <laughs> no, but it truly, I you know, and um and my mom has always been very supportive too, I will say, in in um not in any any way like you're gonna go and do something and whatever. She wasn't like that. You're gonna she was be all, a star. Yeah, I can't wait. Not at all. Like yeah. you know, there, there's a lot of like also like tough love on that too. Like, you know, even when things go great, kind of like um, you know, she it it's hard. She's she can be stingy with a compliment, let's put it that right, way. Right, right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she you know, they know you too.
0: Like the your people yeah. know you. So like even when things are going good, if there's something that's like not quite right, they yeah. know that too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um so what when you you're twenty, you go to New Well, and also too, kudos to your dad for saying, like, you better come home and make some fucking money, you know, because again, that's like yeah, you know, to just say like, "All right, son, I'll write you a check and you go to New York." Oh boy, that's a dangerous. Thing.
1: No, my dad. You know, my dad came from my dad came from very little. Both his parents were teachers in in Ew. Manitoba, and Ew. I know, I know, gross, There's like the least honorable profession, mm. teachers. My dad's, my dad's dad, my grandfather, uh, Emerson Arnett, he started the Manitoba Teacher Society, like a, so he's a teacher and he started a union, Andy. Oh my God. Just so that teachers could be treated fairly and all that kind of stuff. Well, thank God
0: his son went to the boardroom. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? What's interesting is my dad was always, my grandfather died when I was quite young, my dad's dad. And, um, Which was a pity because I never got to really know him that well. And by all accounts, he was a really cool, great guy. And my dad felt a lot of guilt about sending me to and his kids to private school. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I think that it kind of went against a lot of, you know, my dad had nothing. Um, My dad met my mom the first time he was, you know, my mom was at a, grew up in Winnipeg and then they would go to the lakes to lake of the woods and they, all these people had, you know, b- these big cottages and my mom's family had a big cottage and my, my mom met my dad at a party. My dad was a boat boy for a rich family, but they used to have this, <laughs> this position boat of boy. boat boy. Wow. Yeah. And Which was mostly
0: was, a sex thing.
1: I got to imagine. No, fully a sex thing. Oh, okay. And okay. Yeah. By then it was just a full time sex job. Right. Right. No, he was, you know, he was like the guy who, cause they had these elaborate old and beautiful uh, you know, places on these lakes with these boat houses, and they'd have these old mahogany boats, and you, that you constant take an upkeep, upkeep, constant yeah. upkeep, and then he had to go and get groceries and do all that kind of stuff, and it was like a summer job, you know. And so that's and my mom, my dad was kind of like the poor kid who was working, working the job as the boat boy, yeah, and and then he's this kid and he goes to uh, university and, and and school in Winnipeg, and then he gets a scholarship to Harvard, and he goes to Harvard uh based on his uh on his smarts, not like um, you know uh you know, a lot of kids who who go with uh, I what I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring up Kushner because I'm trying to be current. Um <laughs> I thought you but were anyway, going for Conan. Oh oh forget Conan. I know, I know. I mean they just that was just a redhead quota. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Like um, yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> but but uh so anyway so so uh, uh, my dad was He was a a self-made guy in every sense, and I remember when I went to when I went to school with all you know this boarding school, and there were a lot of really some fancy people who went to that school, including uh, Felipe, who was then the prince, and he's now the king of Spain. Wow, Um, yeah, and I knew him, which is weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you think uh, he do you
0: are you have you kept in touch with the king of Spain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the official jester at the uh, (laughs) Spanish court. No, but I mean, if you like, if you like bumped into him at something, would he Would he be like, hey, I went to school with you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felipe? No, he'd remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. I, I actually, a couple of years ago, was going to Madrid for, again, for some press thing. I do a lot of press, Andy. I know. And, well, you're uh, in all
0: kinds of stuff. But, uh, and, and I uh, hate
1: you. I know. I know you do.
0: Oh, I'm nothing but envy.
1: <laughs> Green with envy. <laughs> I was. I got from a, a guy who was his roommate, uh, a way to get in touch with them, and then I ended up going, and I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, yeah. I was too busy for the king. Um,
0: uh, <laughs> sorry, King.
1: Sorry, sorry. I got, too much. I got a photo shoot. <laughs> um, and um, for
0: Lego Batman, <laughs> so, I'm Lego Batman King. Sorry.
1: Wait, it's just your voice. Why would they photograph you? <laughs> Which, by the way, Ricky Gervais always says to me, like, we joke around. And he's like, I don't know why you'd need to be in shape as a voiceover artist. I was <laughs> like, fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, y- you know, um, so anyway, so I went to school with a lot of these fancy types. And I remember one time there was some kids were going to go on this trip. And my dad, my d- I always had a job, like, on Christmas break. And when I'd come home and in the summer... When a lot, a lot of these kids did not because they were super wealthy and my dad would be like, I remember the kids were going on a trip and I said, can I go? And he said, no. And I said, well, so-and-so and so and so so are going. He goes, yeah, well, they're going to be losers and, uh, you're not. And he basically was saying like, you got to come home and fucking realize you got to earn it. Yeah. Yeah. And these kids can go and have a free ride, but that's not going to lead to good things. And I, at the time, remember being like so mad about it. Yeah. And and all these years later I realized what a what an unbelievable gift my dad gave me with that. Yeah. Um he really did. It was such a gift.
2: Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean
0: And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a detour.
2: Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobilecom network today.
3: Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.
0: Can't you tell my loves are growing? You... This next clip is from a dear friend of mine and a former co-worker, Dion Cole, who is a hilarious standup and uh, he came from standup and I think his first professional writing job was on the Conan show. Uh, He was so funny on our show that we offered him uh, a job and had him come in. And I asked him about that transition of being solo standup performer, then coming into a collaborative writing space. Did you catch any shit for working on our show?
6: Yeah. Out in the world? Yeah. I would imagine. I caught yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah. A lot I got a lot like I wouldn't even get booked on certain shows because they deem me a white comic. I was called token. I was called all kind of shit, man. It, like like a lot of like I said, a lot of people wouldn't even book me or whatever. Like on shows and shit like that. I had to like really Go my own lane and yeah, build yeah. my own following and build my start my own fucking shit. Was this after our tour this, Tour? no? Nah, this was this was during or when, during, I, yeah, when yeah. I first came to the when, Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. Shit stopped. It was like this. First of all, no, black no, 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 no. Black people were very proud of me. Yeah. When, when I was on the Tonight Show. They was like, yo. And they made all comedians be like, Man, I wanna get into late night. Inspired a whole lot of people, definitely. But then when it came to comedy shows, if they felt like I wasn't a great fit for the lineup yeah. that was going on, so I would never be uh, booked on the lineup. If it was this comedian, this comedian, this comedian, it wouldn't be me. And then if they did book me, a lot of them would be like, oh, it would be good to get Dion because it would be a different kind of flavor on the show. Like, that, that's how they would book me. Yeah, get Dion, because he'll, he'll bring a different kind of twist to the show. Yeah. And then my audience started changing, too. My audience went from black to, like, white. Like, I was, like, I was showing up at shows, and my audience was totally— Just white. Wow. Yeah, it'd be just white. But i will be doing these, like, black jokes or these jokes that— that i write for black people and white people would be like, it would be cool, but it'll be like, ah. It's like, weird, yeah. Yeah, so. It's like
0: you said, like you don't know me enough to right. laugh at that, whereas a yeah. black crowd knows you,
6: you they know, because they have a shared experience. Yeah, and so I wasn't sitting asses in seats in black theaters and black shows, so a lot of promoters wouldn't, wouldn't book me neither because a lot of black people weren't watching Conan like that. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't putting asses in seats. And, and, and like like a lot of white shows, you'll perform, but you wouldn't make money. Black shows, you make money, but you got to put asses in seats. So it was a long time that I was missing from that scene, but yeah. I was becoming funnier and funnier. So yeah. when I did start kind of like coming back around the scene or whatever. And writing and writing and writing. and writing and writing, writing and yeah. that, that people start going, oh, Oh damn, like, oh, we didn't know he was that funny. Oh, yeah. oh man, he we know this and we know that. And so it just started building up where like my black audience starts showing up and showing up. But then when I hit blackish, it was like, yo, like it was like crazy boom. Because I still had you all's audience. Yeah. And then I had this blackish audience. Yeah, and now my crowd was like, that's when my audience yeah. stopped being like the perfect fucking blend, you know. And yeah. then a lot of white people watch blackish That's too. what I was so, gonna say. Yeah. Blackish is a very is, mixed yeah, show. It's I mean very mixed Yeah actually yeah. we have more white viewers than black now. Oh wow. Absolutely yeah absolutely and so that's uh, really cool. Yes that's it is. really it great. really
0: is. And it's you know and it's a testament to The quality of the writing in that show and yes, the quality of the performing in that show absolutely. because it does, it's like you know, it's about a family, yeah. And even though black is in the name, it's secondary yeah. to the fact that, like,
6: it has we know all be. these yes, people, exactly. you know, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. How
0: did that come about?
6: I, um, just an audition, I was, no, I was leaving. I was, I was leaving here after I had my show, <clears throat> Black Box. Right. You had a show yeah. on our on TBS yeah, 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 for the, a little bit. Yeah, I had a show called Black Box. After Black Box, I was coming back over here just a little bit to do bits, but I didn't want to come back and write, write, write like that. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, after Black Box, and I had this whole shit with TBS, man. I was At the time, the people that were in the office at TBS at the time, they were like— on some baseball shit like White America, like my show just wasn't fitting the network, but it was but it was praised by everybody else. Yeah, yeah. It was so, funny. It was, yeah, it a, was funny funny, show. a funny yeah, show. Yeah. man. yeah. So they was so I just knew that I had a formula and I wanted to go somewhere else and and do it or whatever. <clears throat> as I was waiting, as I was having meetings to see if I can take black box to another network or something, then they came to me and was like, hey, Steve Carell's doing this show. On TBS, called Angie Tribeca. You should go audition for it. And I was like, okay. And I went and auditioned for it. And the day before I was auditioning, they were like, "Hey, they want to they want to change your character that you're auditioning for." Because Steve Carell don't want you to be another angry. Because I was auditioning for a lieutenant. They said, like, "We don't want you being another black screaming." Lieutenant, yeah, in yeah. The fucking show or whatever. So yeah, we just gonna have you come in and we gonna see what happens. And I came in and me and Steve Carell actually ad libbed just anything. Yeah, yeah. He, he would just make up shit and I would just ride with him and just go with him and we'll go back and forth. And he was like, "Okay, we'll get back at you." They ended up writing a character for me, and so he ended up seeing Full House the night before and saw DJ Tanner's name and came back and was like, you're going to be DJ Tanner. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, yeah, we're just going to write it. A character for you. We we'll, we'll write it into the script. So a lot of the first episodes, you will see me just go, "Hey Angie, they need you in the office." Yeah, and that yeah. would be because they hadn't like, figured, they it they out haven't figured it out. yet. <laughs> so I just come in. Hey, yeah. you guys, you need yeah, some coffee? Yeah. And, I'm a placeholder. <laughs> yeah, I'm a placeholder. Something's gonna happen yeah. with me soon. TBD. <laughs> TBT, Just wait. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how it was. And and so when when we found out that he was writing me in, I was like, man, this is. Cool. Right, but the show was taking so long for us to film. Like we was just like, okay, all right, ready, all right. We went to like two upfronts. Like, oh, uh, when when are we gonna be? Oh shooting? yeah, so they do that shit. They do that shit. So I was like, I've been
0: on upfronts with like shows where they're like, yeah, we everything we have ten episodes shot and it won't be uh, on the air for another <laughs> thirteen months. Yeah, you're uh, like, which is what? like, what the
6: fuck? Yeah. So I was like, man. I was just thinking, like, well, let me just keep taking these meetings and stuff. And so this this uh, this agent by the name of Tamra, Tamara was like, Yo, these people are looking for writers. If you if you feel like writing and 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 they hear that you just finished writing uh for Conan, if you can come over and just write for them, like see if you wanna write for them or whatever. And I said, Oh, okay, what's the show? And they was like she was like, I forgot the name of it, I don't know it. And it was like, But can you come meet with the 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 executive producer, the, the the creator of it? And so I met with Kenya Barris, and he was like, Yeah, it's a show called Blackish, and it's about this family, and da-da-da, And I was like, Oh, okay. And they was like, Yeah, so we're looking for some characters that you could probably write for or whatever, yeah, to yeah. help out. So I was like, all right, fine, cool. So I started telling me about this character named Charlie that Charlie Murphy was supposed to play. Eddie, oh yeah, Eddie Murphy's brother who passed away, rest in peace. And, and so he was supposed to play this character, and at the last minute he was like, he w- he wasn't gonna do it. And so Kenya was like, man, you think you can play the character? And I was like, uh, I guess, but I knew I had my TBS show. <clears throat> I was waiting on that to come, so I was like, yeah, "Black I, box still hadn't happened yet." No, black box. Oh, 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 know, oh! Black oh Angie Tribeca. I, Tribeca. I yeah, was waiting Yeah, Angie yeah. Tribeca.
0: So oh like, yeah, I remember that. How you kind of were like,
6: yeah, in between just, the two. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll do a guest spot on it," and did it, and they was like, "Can you do it again?" And yeah, I said, yeah, "Yeah," and went to another episode, did it again, and they was like, "Yo, okay, just one more time." And I did another episode, played the character again, and they was like, okay, we got a problem. Yeah. They was like, we got to have this character on the show. They went to TBS. TBS was like, fuck no, we're about to start shooting. And they was like, well, can we use him until you shoot? And they was like, okay. So I did probably like eight episodes of Blackish. And then I had to stop yeah. and do Andrew Tribeca. Yeah. The next season they was like, we gotta have. So then they negotiated TBSTFs, like, fuck that, no, no, no. And then they was like, okay, you can use him on days that we don't need him. So then they started changing their schedule, having me working oh on God. these days in order to come That's over and so do fucking Black-ish. stressful. It was stressful as shit. Yeah. But then we got through it and I ended up doing like 12 episodes of Blackish. Cause yeah. they were doing 24 episodes. Right, so I did right. 12 of them and still did all the Angie Trip back. Season three, they was like, yo. What do you want to do? And I was like, okay, I rather do Blackish. And they was like, didn't want to let me out my contract, so they took me from 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 a regular to like uh, co starring on Angie Tribeca, so I can do more Blackish. And I did that. And then the fourth season, they was like, we well, you do, I do two two three episodes of Angie Tribeca, all of Blackish, and now it's grownish. So Grownish spent off. and so they was like, "We need you to jump off Grownish." So he was like, "We're gonna use you as your character to come over on this new show called Grownish with a spinoff that we can, we can get viewers and shit like that." Yeah, We're yeah. Gonna use you on both shows, and I said, "Okay." So I was doing Andy Chabrecka, Blackish, Grownish, and still was coming over here doing bits. Yeah, yeah. On Conan, and so. And then I And well, doing
0: dates too. And I was fucking doing dates.
6: lunatic. And I had this other game show called Face Value on BT that I was hosting. But I filmed that all in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Game shows yeah, are yeah. games are nice shows, that way. Yeah, you can knock them out. Yeah, yeah. I filmed it all in two weeks. So I was going crazy that fourth season. Like it was just like nuts. Jesus. But never auditioned. Everything was just always like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we we vibe with you, we trust you, yo, we we want to rock with you and shit. Same thing with Conan. Same thing with Steve Carell. Same same thing with Kenya. Yeah, it was always just, man, we fuck with you. Yeah, like, yeah. Man, let's let's just let's just let's make something it. happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anything I ever auditioned for. Never really got. Yeah, it was just always moments like that that yeah. made, that made my career take off. That will make you feel real good. I hope it does. It does, man. Yeah. It does. It keeps it keeps me hopeful. It keeps yeah, me, keeps me feeling like I you mean, know, I believe in myself. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't it's have a to question myself. It's a know? bullshit business. Yeah, but
0: you're you know there is some occasionally realness gets valued and gets rewarded and i think you know in your case you're you're a very good case for that there are few people on this planet that i love more than zach galifianakis and so i was very excited to talk to him on zoom uh, from his uh, mysterious rural location, uh, where he now where he now resides with his family, and uh, we talked about one of my favorite topics, which a lot of people think is uh, e- e- comedy kryptonite, but I think uh, there's a lot of funny stuff to be mined from talking about fatherhood. And Zach was pretty funny when he talked about what it's like at his house. Has as fatherhood changed it very much?
7: Oh my god. A hundred percent. In what ways do you think? Well, I get up at five every morning. That never used to happen. Um, To me, if you're lucky enough to have kids, one of the benefits is you get to relive your own childhood in a way because you get to see the eyes of your children experience the world. And that to me is just – there's nothing better. And I find men don't talk about it much. And if there are any young men out there – you've been marketed Mm -hmm. to young men – that you're supposed to act like you d- guys do in beer commercials, but fatherhood and being that in that world yeah. to me is the greatest thing of my life. It just is. I, my, uh, m- yeah. I, my dad was a really good dad, I think. And I, and I learned from him, not that I'm a good necessarily that, but um, it changed. It just did. It, 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 I cry a lot more. I'm more emotional.
0: Yeah.
7: <laughs> um, <laughs> because of lack of sleep. <laughs> my, my, I'll tell you, my, my youngest son, I was tucking him in the other night and I don't think he really knows what I'd do for a living, but anyway, we're in bed and we're cuddling. He's four and he goes, Hey dad, he's a weird accent. He goes, Hey dad, have you ever met Hitler in a movie? I'm like, have you ever met Hitler in a movie? Um, no. And he goes, he's a pretty weird guy, right? <laughs> so those those kind of conversations to me are, I mean, I just love it. I just do. I, I'm, I'm amazed how funny yeah. kids can be, and I mean, look as a comic, I also learn a lot from kids. I think, yeah, I think my humor was probably because I see one of my kids do it now. He'll say something very straight. But he knows he's getting a rea- he knows he's getting a reaction because he's saying it straight. And that to me is really interesting to yeah, watch. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I, I just always like I'm a family man. I'm a family man.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah I'm the same way. I always kind of felt like especially in the work that we do, the silliness of it the silliness of it becomes and and it's a it's a really silly business that yeah there's you know lots of money involved but ultimately it's pretty silly Mm. and you know if like an alien force were to land and decide who were essential and (laughs) non-essential personnel i think we would be vaporized you know like they're gonna look people for people who can build bridges and you know i don't know grow food underwater or something not fucking wisecrackers (laughs) but uh I I always I always loved that my kids like when my kids showed up, um. Which by the way, we didn't we didn't have them. They just show just like a cat that walked in the back door one day, and you put yeah. a bowl of food down, and then it's like, oh, I got a son. I guess it's more convenient that way. Yeah, oh, it's great. They make things. Uh, they really make what's important important. They really show you like, oh, that you know all that sh- this the like the amount of time that you've had to spend working in show business worrying about something that's just stupid and then and you, you but when you don't have anything to balance it against you think this no this is important cuz look there's all these people that care and then you have a kid and it's like oh no no that doesn't matter at all you just kind of act like it matters and then go home and
7: i i always on on sets at four in the morning after we've done fifteen hours of improv, I'm always. Does anybody want to go home to their yeah. families? <laughs> you know what I mean. It, I, I, show business <laughs> also has a lot of young people that are working, younger people. So family yeah. life is family life in show business is 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 tough, is because uh, of the hours. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you learn a lot as a comic from uh, from paying attention to. Uh, to younger people. Um, So yeah, the kids are very, selfishly, I get, I get, uh, I get to watch them and, and be inspired by them
0: to, for humor in a weird way. Yeah. If you could go back and talk to Zach, when he, when he showed up with his cousin in New York city and tell him something that like, you feel would be useful uh, to him. What do you think it would be?
7: Don't get headshots.
0: <laughs> don't get headshots. That's it.
7: Well, there was such back then. There was such an onus on getting your headshot. Like that was you're going to be your your calling card. Well, not for somebody like me, and that wasn't yeah, my yeah. calling card. <laughs> uh, but, but no, in, <laughs> in serious, if if, if if I've never thought about that, what I would say to a younger me? God, I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, probably you're never going to get taller. (laughs) Maybe I'll say this: that younger version of me, I would say, "Hey, you may not feel that this will ever happen, but you're getting ready. You're going to gain about 55 pounds in two years. Um, (laughs) So watch out."
0: (laughs) Yeah. What would you say to Zach or to me? No, to you. To to Zach, I would say grow that beard as quickly as you can. Um I've always had <laughs> uh, without it you're nothing. Um for me uh, well I was asked that question uh I did a live version of this podcast with Rachel Dratch in San Francisco mm. at the Sketchfest and somebody in the audience asked like what advice would you give your younger self? And I thought about it and I was like honestly learn to like cardio just that would be the main thing i would tell myself like learn to like cardio i don't care because it's when you're 50 and you get on the fucking machine and you're still going i hate this i hate this i hate this it's it's not good it's not good it's you know do you do you get on a machine and do that i do i do elliptical jeez not as much as i should do you do car? What's your what's your workout regimen now up there in the wood? You just go toss logs around?
7: I garden in the winter. I've been I've been chopping a lot of wood. Um, yeah, beating up my children. <laughs> um, yep. My 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 kid, my four year old, keeps telling me that he can't wait. This is almost a quote. I can't wait till I'm bigger so I can pummel you in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, he's very uh, physical.
0: Nothing like raising bullies. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a
2: detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places?
0: Can't you tell my loves are growing? Can't Nicole Byer uh, was on the show a while ago, and she is just such a joy and a light and just a hilarious, hilarious woman. And, uh, well, everyone knows that now. Um, but I was talking to her about what it was like to be a funny person. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of comedians on the show, and and we all kind of share A moment in which we decide. I mean, some of it's it's more gradual, but a lot of people it just lands on them. The idea that I am going to make people laugh for a living. And here's what she had to say. I mean, were you always a funny kid? Were you a funny family?
5: My mother was very funny, and then now that I'm older, I understand that my dad was funny. Yeah, because sometimes you're like quiet people aren't fucking funny. Right, right. My dad was kind of quiet, but like he was like sneaky funny. Yeah. Uh, My sister. I think she's funny. But one day I was like, Catherine, describe yourself. And she went, oh, well, I'm very short and boring. And I was like, that's, that's, <laughs> this was your moment. You could have said
6: anything.
1: And you blew it.
5: But she, I think she's funny. Um, I was always very loud. And my mother would be like, you got to learn a time and place to be loud. And I'd be like, but now is the time. Now is the place. <laughs> so I never quite learned that. Turns out I have ADD, and that's why I was just, like, loud and buzzing around and, like, couldn't focus on things. But in high school, my mom was like, you're very loud, so, like, why don't you go be loud on a stage? Like, act a little bit. And I said, okay. And that's when I was like, ooh, this is what I want to do forever. Like, uh... That first laugh is addictive or mm-hmm. addicting or whatever. You're just like, "Oh, I need to I need this to happen over and over and over and over again." Kind of like how I feel like drug addicts feel because mm-hmm. you're just like that feeling feels so good. So that's when I um, decided that I wanted a career making people tee hee hee and giggle.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I find from my time in doing this, a lot of the people that really get off on that laugh are Fulfilling something that's missing. Do you feel like there was something? I mean, you know, it's a, this is a pretty prying question, but yeah, you know um, what I mean. Like, were you not getting enough attention? Did they did they oh, ignore you? At home? I got
5: so much attention really? that it
0: was sick. Yeah, yeah. Like
5: my mother. That's, that's
0: different than <laughs> most people I know that really need it. Uh huh. Didn't. Yeah. You know I- what I mean. And they're making up for something they weren't getting.
5: Mm-hmm. So. I think maybe. Uh, when I can get someone to laugh That means they understand me yeah. They understand what I've said And it's funny Uh I wasn't really understood growing up mm-hmm. Uh Like I would make choices And my mother would be like I don't understand why you did that Blah 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 Like the last fight we got into was over the PSATs, uh, and I didn't sign up for them. And she was like, why wouldn't you sign up for them? And I was like, I don't need SATs, mama. I'm going to be an actress. And she was like, I want you to go to college. And I was like, I don't want to. So, like, we just, like, fought about that. And she was like, I don't understand. I gave you a check. Why wouldn't you just send it in? And I was like, oh, because I'm, I'm not, I don't need academics. <laughs> I'm funny. Uh So, yeah, I would just <laughs> truly make choices, and she just, like, didn't get oh. it. Uh that's, that's
0: flawless logic to tell a mother when you're 16 or 15 years old cuz uh-huh. I'm funny mom. Oh, okay. I'm funny. I don't need school. Yeah. That'll pay the rent.
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh yeah, I got a lot of attention. Yeah.
0: Had she gone to college? Yeah. yeah she yeah. like
5: worked and put herself through college and yeah, that's where yeah, she met yeah. my dad at uh, the University of Chicago. Oh, wow. Smarty mm-hmm. pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
0: I a think f- it was the University of Chicago. Well, it better be because that, that be. sounds classy. because That place is like nerd central. Oh, you is gotta it? You got to be really super smart to go oh, there.
5: Oh, well, my dad was very smart. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, smart. What did he do at AT and T? He,
5: uh, he like wrote programs on how you build on your phone.
0: Oh wow! So what he a was dick. a
5: yeah, right? How rude! <laughs> I want to use my phone for free. Did he? Uh, yeah, he worked at AT and
0: and Bell Labs and shit like that. Wow. So, I mean, but you said your mom was funny, though. I mean, she, yeah. yeah. Did she have a job or was she? She did have a job. So she, no,
5: growing up, she did not. Oh, she worked at a uh, and which was a, a retail store that uh-huh. I closed. Um, and then she worked at our school because my mom really liked being a mom and really liked being around me and my sister. Yeah, yeah. So she was like a lunch lady. And she, she did something else at the school. And then she started working at the church. She was very religious. She was the church treasurer. I think she missed out on being a teacher. She liked kids and she liked teaching. I think she should have been a teacher, but, you know, whatever. She didn't do that. Uh, And then she worked at the church until she died.
0: Yeah. How did she pass, if I may ask?
5: You can ask uh, of a pulmonary embolism. So she had a blood clot in her leg that traveled to her heart and stopped her heart. Oh, That's terrible. Uh And then my dad died of a heart attack. So I'm going to die of heart disease. Well, you
0: you can do things, you know. Well,
5: my dad was fit. He was a very thin, fit person and still died of heart disease. My mom was fat and she still died of heart disease. I didn't mean that. I mean, like, medication. Oh, well, he was on medication. Oh, he
0: was too? It's inevitable.
5: I'm going to die. My lovely, cute uh, little heart's going to explode. Yeah.
0: I always remember there was a guy when I was a kid. Who was, like, he was on commercials for healthy foods and stuff. And he wrote a book about, like, the runner's Bible or something. Mm -hmm. I think his name was Jim Shorter. And so he's, like, a marathon running, you know, like, proselytizer about Mm -hmm. the healthiness of running. Motherfucker dies of a heart attack. Huge, gigantic heart attack. And I mean, at, like, a fairly young age. And I remember even at that age being like, Wow. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Death yeah. will get you. No kidding.
5: It'll come for you whenever it wants.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and I, I have friends, people that I know that I've worked with. One just a, a, a couple, a, a year or so ago, mm-hmm. guy about my age, just died. Yeah, nobody, and he was healthy. I mean, the, we had worked together years ago, and then the way that I knew him was from seeing him at the fucking gym. Mm-hmm. That's how we maintained a relationship over the years, and then just died.
5: It's kind of wild. You hit a certain age, and then people will just continue to die.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
5: I'm not afraid of death. I've already planned my funeral.
0: <laughs> have you really? Uh-huh. What, do you, what is it? Uh? Um.
5: Well, okay. Uh. It's in my will, but, like, technically, you're not allowed to, like, ask people to do things in a will. But that's okay. I have it. Uh, my best friend, I told her where it is, and she's got to carry it out. So at my funeral, I want to be wearing something real slutty. I also sure. want googly eyes over my eyes. Okay. <laughs> because...
0: <laughs> I I love (laughs) that there's a legal document that says googly Uh eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: And then uh, I gave her the names of three dudes that I want to come talk about my pussy. uh, Just like in a nice, fresh, fun way.
0: Neil deGrasse Tyson.
5: (laughs) (laughs) He is one. Dr. Phil. uh, Dr. Phil and um, Jerry Springer. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I have like a a thing I want each of my dear friends to do with my ashes, which like pertains to our relationship. Just like a fun, stupid, silly thing to right, right. do yeah but save that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: don't don't don't. no spoilers here no no yeah, no, no. Yeah.
5: I haven't told any right, of them right, right. and then my best friend I was like just so you know I wrote my true feelings about how much I love you and she was like oh well tell me now and I was like no you have to wait till I die <laughs> you can't know how I really <laughs> feel about you yet you gotta be sad yeah now. yeah and then I asked her to go through all of the voicemails I've left her and she has to compile the best of them and then play them for everybody oh, and then goodness. I want everyone to do like a tight five minutes
0: about me nice That's you know the fact that she that you're not going to tell her what you've what you think about her really puts the pressure on her to maintain that like she can't fuck up from now until no she she truly can wow
5: because I can still edit the document right exactly
0: (laughs) yeah yeah or it'll just be like completely wrong and everyone be like what that's wrong.
5: Oh, and I also asked her to. Um, I was like, hopefully, Deadline will announce my death. <laughs> because yes, yes. I, I love a good Deadline article about myself. And I was like, I want you to post my Deadline article as my final Deadline article. <laughs> and then I gave her the
0: caption she needs yeah, yeah, to yeah. post with it. I'm insane. <laughs> no, no. It just, no, you, uh, you <laughs> there's, I mean, and I mean this in the best possible way you are an expression of an incredible amount of self love. <laughs> I get, don't. I mean I, I think so you I do know? love myself yeah. a lot Why not? It's a waste of time
5: to <laughs> I not get really confused when people don't like themselves <laughs> Because there's so many things you can do to change right. Who you are to right, be right, the right. person you want to be Like on my Instagram I'll get a lot of people being like I just wish I was as confident as you And I was like oh that's really easy Just like wake up in the morning Look in the mirror and go I like what I see yeah. And you say it every day until you don't have to say it Because you actually like what you see Yeah
0: yeah yeah Done some walking i think it's time we done some well, there's a
7: great big
0: moon I was really 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 happy uh that Scott Thompson agreed to come on this show because a he's hilarious b i love him and c uh he needs to talk he needs the talk he needs the therapy uh, <laughs> and in this clip he he really brought it he really um, you know he he spilled his guts which is what i like about this show and and what i kind of wanted this show to be uh you know in a in a in a beneficial way in a in a good faith kind of way and uh because the hope is is that if you talk about what's happened to you it helps you understand who you are now and that's sort of what scott's talking about here so give it a listen do you have an idea, like, when you, like, f- when you first became aware of gayness as a, as a thing, you know, like, in terms of, like, oh, yeah. this is the way some people live? Yes. Yeah.
3: And it would have been – and it terrified me. I mean, it, all, it just terrified yeah. me. And in those days, nobody was open, wow. but there were a few beautiful heroes, and they were, like, Gore Vidal, mm-hmm. James Baldwin – um, Truman Capote mm-hmm. you know those those are the, the only Tennessee Williams yeah and they are almost exclusively writers yeah and um, um, they were my heroes mm-hmm. you know except for but Truman Capote skeeved me out I was so horrified by him even though I knew he was a brilliant man mm-hmm. but his effeminacy It made me so terrified because I thought, oh, my God, the moment I declare what I am, I will be such a queen. And that was the worst. Well, the worst thing you could be was a homosexual, but an effeminate homosexual was the bottom of the barrel. And so every time I'd see him, I would just be sick. You know, and I loved Paul Lynn. I would, uh, it was my only impersonation that I could do. Yeah. But he was not. No, or, or Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah. And those are the ones where I went, those are gay men. Right. Uh, you know, but they scared me because they were, they were, uh, they were were we could say it faggy in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I said it. Uh, effeminate. Yeah. And that terrified me. But that's when I started to realize, I think it was probably through James Baldwin and and, and um, Tennessee Williams, number one.
0: Like, at what age is this? Well, this would 13, have been thirteen, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. had
3: a teacher; he was an amazing teacher, and um, everyone loved this man. And uh, you, I, I, I realized he was most likely
0: homosexual. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a very formative teacher like that yeah. too. That years later, thinking back, I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and
3: I think. he was uh, he would do things like, and this is his beautiful outreach to kids like me in that time. He had a little. He was. He taught us English, and I was in enriched English, so we were we were a smaller class, mm-hmm. and there was a little um, library he had at the back, and there'd be about maybe twenty books. And so for someone like me, he would say, oh, "Why don't you go take a take a look at this shelf?" Yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't labeled, and it would be James Baldwin, you know, Tennessee Williams, Gore Vidal, Truman Capote, those books, and uh, it was Giovanni's room. By James Baldwin, mm-hmm. that that was that really opened me, yeah. me up. That, that was when it's still my favorite novel of all time. Oh it's, wow, it's a beautiful, beautiful. I've never book. read it. I, I oh, will. Well. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. So that it was through that it was through those <clears throat> those people. Yeah. that I started, and then I started to explore the whole world of it. You know, and and I mean, gay liberation was just in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
0: but as what year is this
3: about? This would have been like in the early, I guess, early seventies. Yeah. And so I would read about you know uh, I would read about homosexual. You know there would be a cover. There was once a cover of Life magazine, mm-hmm. and it was like the homosexual, and it was just darkness and a face in the dark, a shadowy yeah, yeah, figure in yeah. the yeah. darkness. And then like when I was like, yeah, those that's the way it was back then. But the, yeah. uh, but I knew I knew, and all I wanted to do was get out so that I could be myself. Mm-hmm. And I really just I, I really thought, well, you know, <clears throat> you know, it, it's going to be a rough, rough road. And that was before before AIDS happened. Mm-hmm. And then I went, oh, they just tore up
0: the rough road. Yeah. They didn't even give us a road. Yeah, or there's snipers in the trees. Yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. So
3: that was tough. Like, I, 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 I'm blessed and cursed to have been born into the most, I think, the most difficult generation for homosexuals, particularly gay men. Yeah. And it, it, that, that,
0: that forged me. I really do believe I was forged in a fire. Yeah. And um, it, it is, it's amazing the difference because my, my, I have an 18 year old son who's gay. I know. Who came out to us when he was 11. Yeah. And just, and then, and like I say, I say often, I say he came out to us when he was 11 and then we didn't talk about it for about. Six years, because he just That's still wonderful. Yeah, because it was you know. And anyway, it, it, who wants their parents in on their sexuality or uh, yeah. on their on their burgeoning identity? I know why. Why would you want your parents? I'm in not that? always
3: of Kurt Russell for a dad. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
0: but um but it's well, and also too, he had the benefit of growing up in Los Angeles. Oh my God! When, so it's, when you told me that, I was like. I'm, I'm moved uh, he's I, I for me to bring in his prom picture of him because he has a boyfriend that they've been together for about two years and they are just just the most lovely couple not just inter- I mean they're beautiful people but they're also just both of them are just really sweet wonderful wow. people and they have such a loving relationship and wow. and they uh like a, like for me to bring their prom picture to work and to show it To to the gays that work here, the gay my gays, Uh, your gays, what are Kathy
3: Griffin now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I sure am. Uh, No, (laughs) (laughs) no, I. um, But like, just you know, like I showed it. to to some of the men here at work, and it's older men. Yeah, and it's yeah. really hard for them. Oh, I mean, in one we're sense, we're broken. In one sense, it, it's beautiful, and they're so happy. And then another sense, there's this: why couldn't I have had? That? Oh, there's a fury. Why couldn't I have? Oh, had Oh no, that? There, there's and it's it's, uh, it's entirely furious. relatable because yeah, why the fuck couldn't you have had that? You know, yeah. just because of stupidity. That's the, that's
3: the where I'm at right now in my life, looking at it and going, holy cow, did did we suffer? And I lo- I look at men my age. And I just think we're just a wasteland. We're wrecked yeah. and ruined. And, I, and I'm trying very hard to put myself back together again. Yeah. Um, but there's another thing. And I don't know if we discussed that time at your house, but I, I had to go into therapy for it. And that was my fury yeah, and my jealousy. Yeah, yeah. And to think that, and I, and particularly for me, it was particularly intense because I like, I'm like,
0: I helped create this. You're world. a public figure,
3: yeah. I, I helped build this building, and there's no room for me. Yeah, no apartment for me. Yeah, and that broke my heart. And I went because, and my therapist had a, a gay son too, <laughs> and he was like 16. And he was exploring drag. And my first impulse was, I want to kill you all. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, he was like, when it, when when men talk about their their gay son and they're not infuriated or disgusted, there's a part of me that can't believe it. Yeah, like I I understand it on paper, but I don't know if it's really possible for me to believe that they mean it. And I I'm so I'm so. Uh, hurt by society, what it did to us, that I, I just, I'm just waiting for the turn. Yeah? Yeah. The turn in, in ba- you? Going bad again. No, I'm waiting for society oh. to turn on us again. But what about a turn in you? That's the thing. You're the one that, you're you're one person that helped me with that. We had that discussion when yeah. I talked about this. And you said, think of it as having a child. You've given your whole life to them. You've sacrificed your life for yeah. that child. And they don't give a fuck. Yeah, and really, they they don't have to. Yeah, and I and I thought a lot about what you said to me, and I went, well, That's a very that's Have you ever said anything wise before?
0: <laughs> Once <laughs> or twice. I mean, because I Once know you're hilarious
3: <laughs> and you're smart, but I went, "This fucker getting wise." <laughs>
0: Well, that's it. That's our hundredth episode. Thank you so much for listening to it. And thank you very much for your continued listenership. Um, Doing this podcast was not anything that I really thought that I was going to do. And I was given the opportunity and came up with the concept. And so far, it's been a really enriching part of my life. And I hope that it can be that way for you too. Um, uh, I mean, of course I want it to be fun and funny and make you laugh. But I also hope that by hearing people talk about what they've gone through, that you can somehow get some solace or some information and, uh, you know, maybe maybe affect a change in your own life. Um, but anyway, I love that you listen and I, I want you to keep listening. And we'll be back next week with 101 and, you know, we'll start our next 100. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.
5: Big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producer is Jen Samples, supervising producer Aaron Blayert, and executive producers Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts.
0: Can't you tell my loves are growing...